Hello and welcome to the Friendship News Era presented to you by Bombardier Media. Today is May the 9th, 2023. His name is Frank. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. Hello, Alex or Frank. What's up, man? I'm Brian Fantana. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Took the kids swimming today. That was fun. He's getting better. That's nice. encouraging. Nice. Yeah, man, he's walking. Fish. I love it. Dude, and he's walking now. It's like leaps and bounds, dude. He's starting to like say more words. Mm-hmm. It's, it kind of just went from like a, to like, oh, you're like a, you're becoming a thing. That's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> it's great. Milestones. Gotta love it, man. Yeah. But now it's nonstop Gotta chasing him everywhere all the time. Yeah. So that's yeah. a thing too. Um, Camila just became a, uh, a baby that is no longer safe to put down in one area oh. and not pay attention 24 7 365 moving around a little bit oh yeah he's moving. oh baby nice dude yeah that's awesome <laughs> where are you at today you're it, not that's not your normal it's a, room it's a double-edged sword uh no it is not uh i am in uh right right now i'm in richmond california which oh. is uh east northern east bay area Sad day for those guys, man. Lost a big game last night to the Lakers. Oh, yeah, man. What a wild finish. I actually watched that basketball game. I think it was the only basketball game I've watched all year. Dude, it's getting some of the highest ratings that they've had in years, like in general for for a series. Yeah, man. Getting a lot. I mean, LeBron and Steph, like it's their two pretty much premier players as far as names go in the league. How about that kid? I don't even, I I already don't remember his name, but he blew up. Oh, Lonnie? Lonnie Walker, man. Yeah, Yeah, he's a beast, dude. He's a beast. And they needed him too because he's young legs and they're kind of an older roster. So, oh, dude, LeBron looks so tired. (laughs) I can just see it, man. But he's still probably the second best player in the entire series, which is very impressive at 38. I got to give it to the man. I think. Anybody who plays like 45 minutes in a playoff basketball game is going to be exhausted, but he was tired. I remember he, I don't know if it was his, yeah, it was. He, it was late in the fourth quarter and he tried some like kind of ridiculous shot. He was, he was right in the key and he like did a little fadeaway and tried to like put it up over somebody and it missed. Mm. And you could just see like everything in his body just goes, deflation. And he had to like, (laughs) Yeah, dude, and he had to like get every ounce of energy in his body to run back down court. It was hilarious. But yeah. no, I mean, it was a great game, and, and kudos to the Lakers, man. They pulled it out. Yeah, they did. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm nervous though, because if there's one team that you can't ever count out, it's them, or really a player, or players, and Steph and Clay. And it's like LeBron did it to them, and I, f- I feel like Steph. You know, that's that's not something you forget, man. So I mean, Steph could go off for fucking sixty points next game, easy. Like I, I'm, st- I'm still not convinced the Lakers are going to win the series. We'll see. It's been good playoffs all around. I, I'm as an NBA fan, I've been very happy with what I'm seeing on the court. Yeah, it's been it's been relatively uh, uh, even keel. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like there's not been like a ton of like there's been blowouts, but the series have not been blowouts. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Like the Lakers got destroyed two games ago. Like the Lakers look like they shouldn't even belong in the playoffs two games ago. And then they just went back to back games. Yeah, right, right. Then they did the yeah, same thing to the Warriors. They blew them up by 30 the next game. It's, mm-hmm. it's nuts. But it is it is interesting, though, because the two te- like everyone talks shit about that bubble and how those championships don't count, but both Miami and the Lakers are up 3-1 in their series right now. So quality basketball can be played, and it's yeah. a lot of the same guys. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah, no, 100%. I, look, I, I, this, is my, this is my stance. On anybody who is like LeBron or even Steph and is currently playing at a high level, so long as greatness is there, 
I, I hope it, I hope it wins the day. No. I hope he or Steph or whoever just adds on and makes the next pinnacle of basketball that much harder to reach. I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Big fan. Love to see it. Um, we could take this any number of directions. Oh, take me in the most sexual direction first. I want to get right to it. All right. Okay. Okay. I will do that. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I have something. I'm gonna. I'm gonna present a idea. Um, and you know, fair warning. This idea is not fully baked, but it's something that I heard and I thought it was very interesting. It resonated with me, and I think it would resonate with just about anybody. And so I wanted to share it. And the idea has to do with mindsets. Okay. Another way to think of this is worldviews. Right. I'm wearing these glasses. These glasses filter my shitty vision, make my vision better. You can think of this in uh, a way uh, that anybody sees the world in a particular view. And the way that it was presented to me um, was four worldviews, but I'll, I'll even dumb it down and make it three worldviews. The worldviews are achiever, traditionalist, and progressive. Okay. Run with me here on achiever, right? You have uh, somebody who is climbing the corporate ladder, entrepreneur, successful financially, uh, provides jobs, right? Uh, makes the economy better, uh, hopefully develops a product that makes people's lives easier, better. People find value in it and they wanna buy it, the product or service. And these are the good things about this achiever, this person who wears the achiever worldview. There's also, the way that was described to me was that is the light of the achiever. The achiever's light are these good things. and the light casts a shadow and there's also a shadowy aspect to the achiever. The shadowy aspect to the achiever could be that they are greedy, that they participate in cronyism, that they may not be very good stewards of the climate or the earth, and uh, that they are an achiever so much that they disregard other things uh, that may hurt or injure other people. All right, so that's achiever. And then you have traditionalist. And traditionalist is somebody who values family and faith. Basically, take a drive from Chicago, Illinois to Toledo, Ohio, and stop off at any exit and knock on the door, and you'll find a traditionalist, right? And these people are also emitters of light, right? They, they, find, uh, they find their value in the family. They want to raise a solid family. They are hardworking people. They most likely are involved in the community and their church. And there's a lot of light that emits from these people, but there's also a shadow. And a shadow could be that they're, they have racist tendencies or that they may not agree with anything that has to do with the LGBTQ community or that uh, they're willing to believe in pseudoscience or anti-science. And they're easily swayed by very highly politically charged comments on very highly politically charged concepts. And then you have the progressives. And your progressive would be somebody who's willing to go to bat for planet Earth. And they're willing to stand up for marginalized communities. And they're willing to be uh, the steward and, and show up for those who traditionally been oppressed and have had uh, maybe not the best stroke of luck in life. And then, again, a shadow emits from that light where maybe they're uh, a little bit more willing to cancel somebody or censor somebody based off of something that they don't like to hear. Uh, maybe they are uh, much more willing to dismiss somebody because they don't agree with their worldview, perhaps even willing to ruin somebody's 
career or even take it down uh, because of something they've done in the past. And the whole idea here is that between the shadow and the light, there's a human being. And it's important for all of us, and, and I will be the first to admit that I have been an offender of this idea, to not forget that the human being exists in between the light and the dark. And that if we see the person for only the shadow with which that they participate and not the light as well, we are more easy to dismiss them altogether. And that is really where the division is created socially. Is that you see somebody who might be a traditionalist and maybe you know them, maybe you don't, but your mind is made up about that person because of the shadow that they admit and not the light. And because of the shadow, uh, you're willing to dismiss this person altogether, not only just this person, but everybody who might share a like mindset as this person um, and forgetting that there is indeed a human being behind that person. So that's rant over. I will step off my soapbox and I, I want to try and um, relate this to what's going on in the news. And I think the most impressive thing that comes to mind is this protest that's going on about uh, uh, Jordan Neely, I believe his name is, in New York. No idea what that's about. What? Is, yeah, tell me. Jordan Neely, uh, the man who was choked to death on the New York subway by an ex-Marine. Are you not? You're not familiar with no mm -mm. this at all. No, no. That's, see, and that, that that's really interesting because I I feel like <laughs> I feel like maybe maybe this uh, this whole protest is uh, uh, sort of ginned up a little bit. Uh, to, to stoke racial flames. There was a man named Jordan Neely who was bothering people on the subway and uh, an ex-Marine stepped in to take control of the situation. He put him in a chokehold. He brought him down to the ground. Uh, Jordan Neely went unconscious. They propped him up into the uh, support position or whatever position you're supposed to prop somebody up so they don't choke on their own spit. Uh, it looked like he was still breathing. It looked like he was making movements with his chest that were still breathing, uh, he ended up dying. And then we come to find out that he's a career criminal, kind of schizophrenic, really had a bad rap sheet, you know, may have had, may have had a rough life and that, that, that led to everything that's going on with him. But nonetheless, he, he was killed uh, in this altercation and now people are calling it a lynching, saying that it's racially motivated, it's not a crime to be a homeless person, the mental health system has failed Jordan Neely, you know, pick, pick, your, pick your choice. The use, yeah. Things. Yeah, uh, but, but there's actual protests going on. I mean, uh, I'll show you actually um, right here, there's actually a, an interesting uh, interesting video I saw on Twitter of a lot of Man, as you're describing it, it just makes me think of like, I'm getting George Floyd comparisons in my head a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, an accurate comparison. That's the gentleman right there. No. This is a protest. Gotcha. For context, there is a gentleman who's poking his head from uh, inside the train to outside the train trying to plead with cops to let the protesters, uh, to get the protesters away so he can catch a train to go to work. Jesus. Oh, 
As you can see, they're trying to compel him to get off the train so that they can continue their protest. I don't know the significance of this train or why they don't want it to leave, but they're protesting the death of, of Jordan Neeler. And uh, yeah, man, I, you know, and, and you know, it, it kind of coinciding with what I just talked about. It, it saddens me that this has to, to boil down to something like race, like, like, uh, like this was a, you know, this happened because this man happened to be black or, 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 or you know, making making any ties to anybody's race or the fact that the, the guy that happened that happened to subdue him was white ever since this has come out you know twitter as it's prone to do has from both sides um different memes and stats and uh facts that are trying to sway opinion from one side to the other and uh you know i i really have no interest in in delving in, into any of that i i, I think um if if we are to move past this and to rise above this fracas, it can't be so binary of a, of, a, of a thing. It can't be that this happened because this guy was black or it also can't be that like we are flippant with how we choose to interact with the world. And I'm not saying this guy was flippant to subdue Jordan Neely. As a matter of fact, you know, in my heart of hearts is the more I think about this, the more I think, well, like, you know, that, that guy, I'm sure there's a lot of people on that train who probably congratulated him because they didn't feel safe around this guy. And maybe that's not his fault, but the, you know, the, the conversation needs to rise above the the muck. This is, we're just, we're just playing in the mud here. We're, 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 we're little children at, in the playground taking sides and, and it, it just, this whole thing just kind of just reeks of amateurism. And it seems like, like we're being redirected into an area that we, sh we should we shouldn't be in. Yeah, yeah. I actually just found a video. Have you seen the video online of this? I have seen the video. If if you want to show it, go for it. I I, I didn't have any attention to, but but I'm not going to stop you. I'll show it. it I mean, you know, warning. It's a little bit of distressing content. I don't need to go all the way to the end, but it's interesting to see because what I'm seeing just on first glance is the first time I've seen this video. To be honest with you, but if you're watching it here, you see not only this gentleman the Marine strangling him, but you also see two and three other guys, you know, trying to put his arms in, subdue this guy. And I would think, and, and there's no video of before of what happened that I'm finding online right now, but I would think that if you have multiple people, not just one guy, obviously he's the guy who put him in the chokehold and, and, you know, cut his oxygen, but you have multiple people stepping in to subduce this dude. I would think that like this guy was probably doing something pretty fucking wild that people were like, all right, hold on. We need to, you know, step in here and stop this guy, you know? So I, it sucks that we don't have a full video. It's not like we have like body cam footage since it was like a police incident or anything like that. But I would have to side probably with the passengers that are, he must've been doing something for this many people to like stop this guy, you know, just as an observer. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure if that video is the same one. There's a, a, a fuller version that came out that doesn't show anything beforehand, but, but after it happened and, and the guy that the other guy that was trying to help him subdue him, you know, he's kind of saying, you know, saying thank you for, you know, for doing this, like pretty much just like being grateful that this guy stepped in and, and did it because it's, it's, it looks like if that guy didn't step in to do anything, nobody else probably would have either. And then I think the question becomes, when, like, when do you engage with somebody who's pretty obviously homeless, mm -hmm. pretty obviously like not in a state of mind that is cordial to polite society? Uh, there's reports that he's schizophrenic. And, and so the, the question becomes, when do you engage? I actually had a, 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 a small conversation with somebody on Twitter about this. And, the, and you know, I, I think you engage when you feel like your life is, thre is, is threatened or, or anyone in your family is threatened. 
And if you engage in that, um, to me, I, I feel like the social con- contract there is that you you have invited what, what, whatever reaction has, has brought upon you. Now, whether or not the law declares that that's illegal or not, that's a different story. I, and, and I really hope that this guy doesn't get charged for, for murder. It looks like he might. But then the question becomes, so what, like, what do we do now? How, how do we engage going forward? How do we engage societally with the influx of erratic, mentally unstable people who are dwelling on the street, maybe no fault of their own? But I think there's a difference between somebody who's homeless and then somebody like Jordan Neely. If you're homeless and you can get some sort of support in the short term that helps you get on your feet and move forward, that's one thing. If you're Jordan Neely, that's a whole other thing. I mean, this guy's rap sheet is like 40 counts long. I mean, he's been in trouble with the law like more times than we can even go over right now. And, you know, if you, if you ask me, truthfully, honestly, I think the only solution is the solution that we were presented by uh, Sam Quinones, you know, about a year and a half ago, that you engage and, and, and you enforce every drug law on the books and you take these people in and you redirect uh, punishment from prison to lockdown, sober living, mandatory, 90 days minimum mandatory. And maybe you don't solve every problem, but what you do is you get them clean. And right. you remove their their access to drugs. There's no, yeah, like mental health system needs to be more robust. Yes, agreed. But to me, it seems like if you had all of the support in the world to help this gentleman, Jordan Neely, there's no guarantee that he's ever going to accept it. For sure. Well, and especially in the moment, man. Like, and I'm sure you've had your fair yeah. share of experiences too. But like, I, I've had plenty of times in the city where you got homeless people on, on the on the CTA that come out. I mean, half the CTA trains just stink like piss anyway. I've seen people take tons of, of pisses on trains and do all kinds of crazy shit, make people wildly uncomfortable. And I I got to imagine at a point, it's never happened to me where I thought you know I'm gonna need to get physical, but I I'm, can imagine a scenario where that would happen. Absolutely, man. And it sounds like this guy was just like trying to like subdue, didn't mean to do what happened. The I don't think it was racially motivated at all, just like from what I'm hearing and kind of quickly reading on the internet and all this other stuff. If it comes out that this dude, you know, is like a clan member or like has deep racial, like if he, if we see more motivations as we learn uh, more about the Marine, Daniel Penny, like then maybe it could be a hate crime. And, and there's something to be said for that, but like yeah. to just automatically go to that just because it's a white dude choking a black dude, like, like, and just disregard all other facts. It's like that is that's just you know driving the wedge like people love to do now. And as we near an election, it's going to get even even worse. Like it, it's just it sucks, man. Yeah, and and you know ever since the, you know this idea of uh, you know mindsets and these different these different worldviews, these buckets that you could put people in. Ever since the idea has been presented to me, it's now very easy for me to see how this kind of stuff works. Right? I don't. I don't pretend to know that there's powers that be that are puppet masters up top or anything like that. But it's it's interesting that this happens, and then immediately after, there's like a, a racial there's a racial component to it that's been that's been amplified. And then because of that racial component that's been amplified, there's like an anti-racial component that's being amplified on the other side. So it's like, this was racially motivated. And then it's like, well, if you look uh, at this statistic and this statistic and that statistic, you'll see that your idea of how racially motivated crimes happen in America, they don't exist the way you, you think they do. And that doesn't do anything but 
help somebody who believes that because the people on the other side are going to hear that they're going to get more triggered and they're like, fuck you. Like I'm not being heard by you. So like anything that you're going to tell me means nothing because you're not understanding me. You're combating me. And it's just like this all the time, Mm -hmm. all the time. So, you know, maybe this is common sense to other people or, or it's, has been clear to, to a lot of folks for a long time, but, uh, I think I think the only way forward is really truly just understanding, and um, you know I, you could be somebody who believes that this was racially motivated and that they're lynching black people and and all that and, and I'm willing to listen uh, and I'm and I'm willing to disagree but I'm certainly not willing to fight you uh, because of the person that you are uh, to me that that means that means nothing and it, and it degrades the whole conversation for sure and and then you add like social media to it which takes like that that person to person interaction out of it more because you're kind of hiding behind a keyboard and it makes like how you're talking about progressives and traditionalists and achievers. And it, it, it focuses on those, the, the bad of that person, like you were saying completely on social media. And that's like the, the battleground for all this shit with, you know, I mean, obviously people are on the street protesting and all that, but all the gasoline gets poured on this fire on the internet, man, as it just keeps going and going and going. And, and that that's probably like one of the biggest problems to all of this, you know, in my opinion, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of truth to that. And the way that you interact in social media, especially with something like Twitter, is it's it's short. You don't have a lot of time to develop an opinion. So you have to be witty. You have to be... Yeah, right. You have to be very controversial because you have to get, you have to garner attention in a, in a, short, in a short span. And I think that's fine. Yeah. Honestly, I, I mean, it, it really does breed a lot of interesting things. But if you can't handle that, if you can't see these things and not like and not let it like like burn a fire inside of you to where you have to com- you know, combat it, you can't just say like, OK, I understand where this guy's coming from. I know who he is. I know the shtick. I know the game he's playing. That's not my game. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to go over here. That then then, you know, that that's where it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe social media is not for you. Back to the healthcare thing really quick before we jump. I was having uh-huh. this conversation with someone, I think last week, actually, and just kind of talking about uh, states, I think like Washington that have like decriminalized all drugs. And the idea is kind of like what Sam was telling us last year or whatever, that the idea is like try to rehabilitate these people one way or the other. Is that the solution for someone who keeps, like if you keep putting them into the system, they keep saying, you know, okay, 90 days clean, go back on the street. We're right back in the same situation. Then they're back in, in the rehab facility again. Then they're back on the streets again, doing it again, back in the rehab facility again. And at the end of the day, that's all like that state's taxpayer's money. Like I'm all for helping these people to a point uh-huh. like I, I I think like yeah so there need to be better steps taken to like help support these people but like put in like a strike system and then like after after they've gone so far then that's when you maybe would pursue like getting them thrown into jail or whatever you know if, if they've gone into these rehab facilities twice and you know it's, it's obviously not working why do I as a sober person you know working my day job hustling just trying to make my ends meet have to keep supporting this for yeah. lack of a better word, like dirtbag who just keeps saying, you know, taking advantage of the system, taking your 90 days of free stay or whatever it is. And, you know, aunt, like, and, and some of these facilities are like still giving them like the meth or the heroin to kind of like wean them off of it. Why am I supporting right. this addict's lifestyle who doesn't care about their life at this point? Like, so in my head, I feel like a strike system would be the best way to do that. So we at least try to re- rehabilitate, you know, at least like two times. And after that, you like kind of toss them to the dogs into the prison, like whatever is that, do you see a better solution than that? Is is that feasible? No, I think you're. I think you're spot on. I, I think you need to be able to pivot when you realize that something's not working. 
And I think a strike system allows that to happen quite well. It's no secret that there's a, a push in a lot of cities to release people from prison. Which, I mean, I mean, to a point, man, like it's kind of legal, been legal slavery for a long time, especially in like the black community for the way they're like the war on drugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll listen to that argument for sure. But the thing is, when we see people who end up going on to commit a, 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 an atrocity like murder or hurt somebody in a, in a way that, that is so irreparable, and then we find out that they've been let out of jail or they should have been deported or this, that, and the other. I'm referring more to nonviolent crimes. I agree with you there. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Nonviolent crimes all day, but that's not what we're seeing. We're not seeing mm -hmm. that. We're seeing people released who have committed crimes that they should be in prison for. For sure. But, but, but then you look at, you look at uh, somebody who's living off the, on the street, who maybe he's not committing a violent crime, but maybe some petty theft here or there, uh, not petty theft here or there. I mean, San Francisco, I don't know if you heard about all the store closings that have gone on in San Francisco as of late, but mm -hmm. like every single store that's in that bit, I forget that, I think it's right on Market Street in San Francisco, that big shopping area, they pulled out, they're done. All of them, all of the big stores are done because of all the theft. So like you incentivize theft, you don't uh, put in, in any anything that's going to uh, have any repercussions for somebody who's using drugs in the street, in the open, in front of everybody, and then living their life as a drug addict on the street. I think that you need to have something in place that helps these people recover. But let, yes, like you said, th there has to be a limit to it. It can't be just like this never-ending cycle where you can go in. But to, to that point, I think we need to try something different. Um, yeah. And I think the love and the compassion that everybody's asking for, it needs to be more heavy handed than, than most people are willing to accept. It, it, it needs to be enforced at a level uh, that, that like, you know, I don't want to hear about expanding caseworkers and you kidding me, Jordan Neely, you think he's going to respond well to a caseworker? He's going to eat a caseworker alive because he doesn't give a fuck about a caseworker. Yeah. Or in that situation, like, hey, buddy, let, let's get you to a rehab facility real quick. Why don't you just settle down? Like, that's not yeah, going to work in that situation, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's exactly, exactly what's, what's going to happen. Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> And so like, you want to help these people? Fine. There's laws on the books that make drugs illegal. And and let's talk about drug laws for a second, because consuming drug isn't, it's not a crime, but it's a sin. And so we're trying to combat sin with the law. That'd be a traditionalist mindset right there. For yeah, me. right. Okay. So to me, I don't think there's something wrong. With, I really don't think there's anything wrong with that. The Where, where it goes wrong is in the response to the crime. You've done drugs, you now go to jail. Okay, well, we've tried that for decades and decades and decades and decades, and we know that it does not work. So it doesn't mean that you can still do drugs. Like that, It's not okay that you're shooting uh, heroin or you're taking fentanyl or you're smoking meth on the street. That's not okay. That is not okay. We, that should not be allowed. That should not be legal. But the response to that should be, you, sir, cannot participate in your own life well enough to where you can't be doing drugs on the street. And that's a problem, and the prison system can't fix that. So let's try something different. And that approach needs to be uh, uh, something that is a little bit more about caring for that person's overall well-being, uh, not letting them out of, you know, I, I might even, I, I honestly might be, uh, describing an insane asylum right now. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's how insane asylum started before they were taken down. But 
but it needs to be something like that where 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 you're you're not you're not allowed to re-enter society, but you're also shouldn't be uh, uh, sharing a cell with a rapist, right? Like you you, you didn't do anything to really deserve that, um, but also you're 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 not fit for society, and that needs to be the bar. The bar needs to be set right there, right? You're not fit for society if you're out on the street smoking meth in a tent, sucking a penis for ten dollars so you can go get your next score. That that's not that's not okay. It's not okay, but we, we, we've allowed it. The bar has been lowered to where that's been allowed because we feel sorry for these people. And, you know, the shadow of a, of a progressive mindset right there. That yeah. is something that is, is that, that, that out of the compassion comes something that's an unintended consequence. So, and listen, this is tricky stuff, man. I, I don't have the answers. You don't have the answers, but I think some, some really honest talk about what's going on can, can help. And, and if you're willing to join that conversation, then great. I think that's I think that's good. Do you think in your scenario of those three outlooks on life, you can there's crossover between them, between being progressive and achieving and yeah. traditionalist? Like you think? I think you. you think that, I think you, I, and and almost everyone else inhabit um, the characteristics of each of those mindsets mm-hmm. in different points of our life, and and we encounter uh, shadowy mind uh, parts of that mindset as well. I remember. So I was, I was telling this this. I think I've said it before. I'm, I'm in this leadership group. Uh, this is where I, I was presented with this idea. And we have an email thread that we have different assignments. We have to go on and, and chat it out. And so start talking about these mindsets. And it really opened my eyes because when I, you know, when I left college, like a lot of people, I was very much in a progressive mindset. Um, and, and I saw how that didn't serve me. And I think now, now looking back in hindsight, being 2020, I saw the shadowy aspects of a progressive mindset. And I, and I saw how uninformed I was. As a, as a citizen, as an individual. And so I rejected it, completely rejected it, and inhabited this traditionalist achiever mindset. And I was strict about it. And I still saw the shadowy aspects of it, but I didn't care. I was willing to be ignorant about it because I thought I was on the right path, right? But 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 in reality, that you know, that you shouldn't be, in my opinion, throwing it out altogether and rejecting it, but acknowledging that there's good in it, there's bad in it, See the good for the good, see the bad for the bad, and try not to let either of them trigger you because that is what is where the division is is in. So, right. yeah, I, I, yeah, I inhabit a progressive mindset for a lot of things. I mean, I think you and I and almost everybody of our age is like pretty much like a, like a classical liberal. Like we don't really give a shit what anybody does given that you're not hurting anybody, infringing on anybody's right to, to live a happy life, this, that, and the other. And yeah, so we can inhabit a progressive mindset. We can have it an achiever mindset, um, a traditionalist mindset, depending on the situation. And I think that fluidity is good because we need to recognize that we're all in this together. It's all of us in in this as one, and it's not a binary choice. You don't have to be this one thing, and you don't have to be the other. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree that that we can we can be all of that. Um, all right, let's lighten it up a little bit before we go back. <laughs> into some heavy stuff. Uh, we haven't talked about Bud Light at all. And I'm really happy <laughs> I that, that was we have it because this, the story is developed. It's, it's actually, dude, it's, it's grown, it's, it's grown legs and it's, it's, it's developed a mindset of its own. Um, but what's crazy is that there's now tangible proof that Bud Light is uh, hurting bad <laughs> from this. They're down 23% year over year on sale of Bud Light sales. That's down from 21% a week ago. So if you ask me, I think it's all very silly because 
It's silly on, on, a, on a bunch of different levels. Here's what Bud Light should have done. They should, you you want to include Dylan Mulvaney, you want to include the transgender community into Bud Light and, and attract new customers, you have to be Bud Light about it. You have to go to, you know, something like, hey, Dylan Mulvaney, like, here's a can with your face on it because you've been catching a lot of heat and people have been saying a lot of mean and nasty things about you, but you still smile and turn the other cheek and we think that's some badass American shit, Dylan Mulvaney. Here's a can for you. Something along those lines. Real them of genius. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Play into it. Play into it. Right? Like, that's no, copyrighted, but like, you can't steal that. Yeah. No, and you, you didn't need a freaking Wharton MBA for that either. It's a Point Loma MBA, brother. <laughs> no, what did they do? They gave Dylan Mulvaney a can with her face on it for her 365th day of womanhood. Listen to me, you don't understand your customer base if that's what the fuck you're doing. It doesn't mm. matter whether you agree with that or whether you don't. The women who would have drank Bud Light see that as a big backhand right across their face because a lot of people don't agree with that, even if they're willing to allow this person to live in their truth without agitating them or announcing their displeasure about it. They may not like it, but they're going to go on with their day because it doesn't bother them. But what, what what our good friend, Mr. Rager, told me today is the most truest thing I've heard about this whole saga is that they've given people a reason not to drink Bud Light. And what Bud Light has forgotten, they've lost the plot on, is that their beer is not good. It's and not there are good. options. So why would you give anybody a reason not to buy your shitty beer when all you have to sell them is shitty beer? Yeah, it's just, all I'll say though is that I feel like on the other side of that, the reaction has been like kind of immature. Like I saw videos of like Boston Almost. tea parties with with, with oh, Bud Light yeah. being poured over. And like, so it, cringe, to me, dude. to me, it's like, I, I don't see... I don't know. I don't know. I do see a difference, but I don't, for the sake of this argument, I don't see a difference between like putting her face on the side of a Bud Light can as opposed to putting like LeBron James's face on the side of one because he's a very Are hated you figure. You don't see a difference? I, I do, but like I'm just kind of trying to make an argument here. I'm, I'm grasping at straws, but I'm trying. Like I think so. I, I don't, I don't think like her face was on every single can. Like to the point where, like, like I think you could have still gotten Bud Light without the can, like the face on it. Like, I, no, no, I, there I was not more than one can. It was so all Bud Light. It was, that was the one can. It was the one thing. They, it was just for her. Like it wasn't a. It was everything. It wasn't even like a. It wasn't even like a like a like a marketing ploy. It was just one thing. Yeah, that's all it was. So yeah, the the response is is crazy immature. It's it's like 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 <laughs> the most immature. Like Kid Rock's out there shooting Bud Light with an AR-15. It's the dumbest, cringiest shit ever. But but here's the thing. They gave people a reason not to want to buy Bud Light. They gave people a reason not to want to buy it. And so people have taken that chance. And I think it allowed people, whether it's good or bad, to like show that they don't like really... There's not as many people that care about it, as many people that are like offended or like just not into all of that, you know? Like it kind of kind of sh shone a light on that. And I, I think the response was a little bit immature, but like it kind of like drove home the point of like how small a percentage of, of people that that really is, you know, and like to, yeah, no, to sure. really like try to like showboat and act like you're like so great for doing this. And it's like, yeah, but like a lot of people like feel very like differently about a lot of these things, and especially when it comes to like sports and, and all these other. So it, it, it's interesting. It's an immature response, but I think it's 
a revealing one to like how a majority of people, I guess at least beer drinkers, feel about the whole transgender movement. Good or bad, I don't know. Yeah, good or bad or different or otherwise. The justification for doing this was so that they can grow their customer base beyond like frat party, like like fraternities and college kids. So 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 let me get this straight. You thought that by doing this, you were going to collect a whole other pool of bug-like customers, people who want to drink your shitty beer because you decided to give a can to somebody who's in your face, as in your face of a transgender person as there's ever been. And you think that this is going to garner you more customers. Like, like from a business perspective, like it just doesn't make any sense. Like nothing about it makes any sense to me why you think this was a good idea. Obviously, it's going to be polarized. Like, like, how do you not know who your customer base is? And where do you think you're going to find all these new customers that want to drink shit? But like, like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you have to you have to know what your product is and you have to know what your customer base is. And obviously, this person who wasn't worth half her salary, if not that, didn't know either of those things and made the biggest blunder in Bud Light and Hazard Bush history. And to be quite honest with you, dude, I don't see this going away anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard to bounce back from, man. I don't even know what they're going to do. If like, I could even see them coming out with like a new light beer, just to fucking yeah, yeah, close right, that exactly. chapter. I really could, man. I don't, I don't know how you come yeah. back from it. Cause it, it yeah, that lady got fired, know. right? Or uh, she was put on leave. Oh, I know, but yeah, she got no, fired. She's gone. He's gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone. Um, mm. but th- like the gravity of, of that mistake, 20, like 24% year over year, because, because you, because you gave a can to somebody you shouldn't have. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's almost guaranteed that she'll be hired soon, though, by like CNN or somebody. I guarantee. <sighs> Maybe. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. That's your that's your that's your Wharton MBA for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So I posed a question. Hold on a second. Brief intermission. Yeah, I'm gonna Take need to uh, have a drink for this one. Well, we posed <laughs> a question on Facebook. If you think or if you support any drug law or any uh, gun law, any restrictive gun law, um, as you may or may not know, there was a uh, just a, a really, really horrible shooting over the weekend. I mean, they're all horrible shootings, but this one was just the worst. And it would seem to me that the conservative movement in America cannot stand behind the Second Amendment anymore. It's not going to work. I am as pro-2A as anybody. I believe in its right. If you want to go buy a machine gun, buy a machine gun. If you want to go buy an AR, buy the AR. I, I think everybody should be able to do that. I, I don't believe that the problem of what we're seeing, the constant carnage in America is because of guns. Bad people are going to do bad things always. I think it is much deeper than that. But I think if conservatives don't come to the realization that one day, very soon, they are going to be in a position where they're not in power almost at all. And there's going to be the ability to pass some very restrictive gun laws um, that will be just not good, like at all. And I can go down the list of why restricting gun laws is not good for anybody outside of the context of random killings. But I won't do that right now. My question is, what is it that we can do right now to meet in the middle, to meet at the table, to negotiate something, something 
that restricts the access to guns for folks like the, the guy who shot up the mall in Texas this past weekend. What do you think? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like there's going to have to be some ground given by the people that own guns if we're trying to do this meet in the middle half of thing. And I, I, the first thing would probably be assault rifles is to ban to ban them. But I, like you said, the people that want to do damage are going to do damage, man. That's off the table. Yeah. yeah. And, and then a part of that too, it's like, okay, if we're banning assault rifles, then like we're going to have to ban them for, you know, police, for the people that are guarding like our heads of state and, and politicians in general, because like, why is that person's life worth any more than mine in the ability to protect themselves? You know? Like right. that, that, yeah, that would so, be the so, very first argument I would think of if you're going to ban assault sure. rifles is then we got to get them out of the hands of, of all of these people because why should they have something that's so superior to mine? That's the spirit that the, the Second Amendment was developed under. That, exactly. That there cannot be a monopoly on, on power, on, on right. military might. There cannot be a monopoly on that. By a people um, trying to escape tyranny, like then you would just put all the guns into the people that if, wanted, if they wanted to enforce tyranny could <laughs> very easily right. then. No, exactly. Look at Mexico. There's no crime down there. They have the most restrictive <laughs> gun laws ever. Yeah, right. You, you know, I, I've heard some ideas. I think one that really makes sense to me is that is that there's a there's like a 90 day period of training that's necessary in order for you to purchase anything that is more that is more powerful than a desert eagle, right? Um, I don't know how you would classify what how that works. But if you think about any other thing in America that you need, that you have the right to do, you need, you need a license to drive. I, I can't hop into a class eight truck and drive it. I don't have the classifications for that. I'm not mm -hmm. able to do it. And, and it would seem to me that if you were able to meet in the middle in that way and, and take uh, seriously what it means to be a responsible gun owner, I think you'll be able to start getting some traction on, on, on your side on that. Because like you said, man, there's, there's no, there, there's no room. There's no room for negotiation on banning weapons. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Pause, like you pause gun sales. Like that's not going to do much. Right. Uh, but the, the guy who shot up the mall this weekend, he, he was, he was flaunting that he got his weapons and it was so easy. Uh, the put, put pictures up on social media, the weapons he used to kill. And, um, you know, look, something's got to give, something's going to give. And if you are a defender of the Second Amendment and you believe that it should be in place, I don't own a gun, Al, and I may never own a gun, but I believe in the Second Amendment because I love the fact that millions of other people own a gun. That makes me feel better about the country that I live in because that means that I am not under tyranny of somebody who has the guns because everybody has the guns. That's important that we cannot lose sight of that. Not even for the tra tragedies that are happening. I mean, like, Dude, there was a kid who survived this shooting. He got released from the hospital. He was like four years old to learn that his dad, his mom, and his brother got killed. Mm. And those kind of headlines are not going to sustain. That's not going to, it's not going to make it. And people are going to see those. And people who are caught, like who may have previously thought the way that I thought, who now have kids and live in a suburban Dallas, Texas, they're going to be like, eh, I'm willing to listen to that argument because I want to go shop at Burlington Co. Factory and not have my family get blown away. And that's what I'm seeing right now. Just by getting rid of an assault rifle doesn't, and I know it's an argument made all the time, you kind of just said it, doesn't stop bad people from doing bad things. You're going to see, yeah, you'll see a great drop off in, in gun crimes. But then 
you're going to see more bombs. You know what I'm saying? And a bomb's going to take out 60 people. People that want to inflict damage are going to find any fucking way they want to do that, whether it's poisoning a food supply, a bomb, I, just uh, uh, nameless things, bro. Like, it, it's it's going to happen. So I, the, the issue is not guns. It, it's so not assault rifles, in my opinion. Bro. Okay, well, I'm so I'm glad that you and I are on the same page. I don't believe the issue is guns either. I think it's, uh, really, I think the issue is not even mental illness. I think this is a sickness of the soul. Um, yeah. This is this is the sickness of the heart. There's there's so much there's so much there's something so much deeper going on. Mental illness doesn't explain away what what happened on Saturday. But what I'm saying is, even though we are in agreement of that, that's not good enough. And there's going to need to be some concessions made. And I think you, we need to get ahead of it because, believe it or not, like that's not a politically popular po- position. And political power is now being consolidated in major metropolitan areas where this stuff happens. This doesn't happen in rural America. I mean, not for the most part. It does, but it doesn't really. And so if you know that you can pretty much count on like any major metropolitan area in America becoming a blue area, voting in a, in a direction that in the future, if there is policy that's put in place that is going to heavily restrict firearm usage, that is more likely to be accepted by America than it isn't. And what I'm saying is we need to cut that off right now and come to the table and negotiate and find a way to, and I don't want to be the do something guy, but we have to do something. There really has to be something done. There has to be some concessions made and and we have to make it a little bit harder. Just a little bit harder. So that would be the major concession. This is more training in, in your mind, like 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 very thorough training I mean, over a period of cons- time. That, yeah, yeah. Why that's a concession, I don't know. I really don't know. Robust training, and and you create an entire industry where people get trained, just like the DMV, but it's not state run, where you learn how to operate, clean, safely uh, store, and protect others from danger with a firearm. And will people fall through the cracks? Absolutely. But here's what it means. It means that somebody who's a little bit fucked up, whose heart is, is, is blackened, and whose soul is corrupted from, from being a otherwise non-criminal, going and just picking up a gun and having to go through the steps to actually get this gun. And if they're really that determined to hurt people and they really, really want to do it, well, then we'll see. Right. And then and then maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe this continues in a way that 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 is unacceptable. And I think it gets worse. I think it's worse and bigger, man. I really do. Obama is is way more lethal and deadly to to people. But do you get what I'm saying? Like can be than an assault rifle like a bomb is so intentional. Yeah, but carrying an AR-15 into a school or whatever is, is it, very intentional, is it, too. I, I really don't, think, don't so? think so, man. That's not premeditated at all? No, no, no. I'm not saying it's not premeditated. I'm saying for somebody who has made the decision in their head that their life is not worth living and that their suffering is so great that nothing matters and that I'm so angry inside that I'm going to take as many people down with me as possible, Right. That's way easier to go and, and, and commit destruction and damage and carnage um, if you can, you know, in, in a day or two, go, go pick up, a, you know, what is a very powerful, incredibly lethal weapon. Sure. I see what you're um, saying. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, right. But 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 somebody and like you know some of these people have manifestos and whatever. Like I don't care. You're fucking you're fucked in the head. I don't care what you have to say or why you have to say. It. None of that matters, and it should never matter. But somebody who's willing to like research a bomb and and do these kind of things, like yeah, that stuff's still going to happen. I think there's no there's no indication that tells me that it's not going to continue to happen. But 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 in that way, I think it's a lot it's a lot harder to complete that task, right? We have ways of looking at people who want to create a bomb, right? We have ways of, of figuring out who's trying to do that and who's not and and other methods of, of trying to inflict harm on somebody. But if you can just go and get a gun, that right. to me, like, yeah, there should be a little bit of a block there slightly. And then let's say you go through with it and then you begin to get training. Maybe you meet somebody like, you know what I'm saying? Like th- there's a social aspect to it, you know, and you really have to be dedicated to it to go through with it and maybe over time those feelings like who knows man but just that simple that simple step that that puts you in between that and and and, uh, to be quite honest with you even if this wasn't happening i i think that's like sensible that you should know how to respect something so so dangerous and and that wields so much power I, i i think it's and and that's where it needs to be and we need to meet in the middle here and gain some ground and then rise above the fray and move forward together, knowing that this is something that we're accomplishing. Um, because uh, talk to ban weapons or just, you know, residing in a camp that says it's the guns or residing in a camp that says people kill people, not guns. Like, all right, got to give a little bit, got to give a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, Donald Trump's going to be giving a little bit of money to somebody. Oh yeah. Who now? Did he see he, uh, Today, he was found guilty by a civil jury uh, for sexual abuse and defamation against uh, E. Jean Carroll, who was also alleging rape in this situation for something that happened back in the 90s. Uh, but he's now going to have to pay her $5 million as of the, this afternoon. And he... Interesting. He sexually interesting assaulted her? Yeah, apparently... I'm trying to find the exact details. He was at an apartment store. I think he like came up behind her and like kind of groped her and was you know real... Probably just being a typical, you know, white <laughs> millionaire guy, I guess. I don't know, like the the way that the media paints them. But I'm, I'm trying to find exactly what he did, but he was found guilty. So apparently she was trying to get him for rape, which would have been like the biggest one. And I, if found guilty of rape, I think he wouldn't have been able to become president because it would have been like a felony. You could be president as a felon. Can you? Oh, yeah. And um, I will push back on your claims of white millionaire behavior. That sounds like Jackson Mahomes, dude. <laughs> dude, yes. I start, well, yeah, that's just the brother of, of a <laughs> pretty much white <laughs> millionaire. <laughs> Might as well be. No comment. That's the most light-skinned dude I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, man, is it, how, how did we get here? The, the, the two pre- candidates for president... The oldest they've ever been. They're embroiled in controversy and legal battles, and just he just has to pay. He has to pay millions of dollars for groping somebody. What the fuck, man? How did we get here? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, if it wasn't Trump, I don't think they would have been uh, paying out five million if someone just groped somebody in a department store. But it was Trump, so it's official. He will be paying her the money. But uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think a uh, an age limit would help a lot of problems. As far as that's concerned, with like Mr. Joey Biden, man, if we just put an age limit to that office, I think that helps a lot of like the dementia setting in and in most people that would be president. 
Um, I don't know what you do to stop someone like Trump getting in there because, I mean, <laughs> kind of, you could say he's a dirtbag, but yeah. he hasn't, you know, shown signs of like the mental deterioration. And I mean, he, I, in my opinion, he was doing much better than Biden's doing right now, for sure. You know, you know who's, uh, who, who I'm intrigued by? Uh, uh, Kennedy Jr.? Oh, yes. Man, if his voice was better, if his voice was better, that's going to be tough to get through, you know, the whole like election circuit and debates. Throw with his voice. Have you never heard him speak before? Uh, he speaks like this. He, oh, really? Yeah, he had some kind of like some kind of problem with his 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 vocal cords or something like that, and had recently had surgery. And I, I guess it's getting better. But yeah, he he it's only uh, at twenty percent, and they're not they're not doing any debates. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Of course, they're not that's doing huge. any debates. He'd rip them up huge. in a debate, probably. Um, that is he's huge. Been, that's a big chunk, man. That's the Bernie Sanders to Hillary Clinton oh, yeah. right there. He's um he's claiming publicly that the CIA killed his uncle John Kennedy. Yeah. And maybe had something to do with his dad's death as well. Jesse Kelly uh, uh, quote tweeted uh, that claim and he goes, mm -hmm. Com completely ridiculous. It's not like the CIA had a working relationship with the mafia because of their joint efforts to assassinate Castro. And it's not like Jack Ruby's real name is Jack Rubinsky who spent time as an enforcer for Maya Lansky's Jewish mafia. <laughs> like, I don't even know what that means, but like, obviously it's true. Like, I, I haven't looked into any of this stuff, but, but yeah, man, I, I, I don't know anything about it. And I, I, I know that that's true. Yeah. I, I just know that that's true. I don't know why I know that's true. Why do I know that's true? Al? Why, why do I believe that so strongly in my, in my core, in my fiber? I believe that. Cause they don't give a fuck about us, Frank. Yeah, that's probably true, man. It's not probably true. It's <laughs> definitely true. Definitely true. We should, not sure about we should be you. shirts, mate. <laughs> oh, I think that's all the time we have, my friend. You probably have so, like I some kind of dinner to get to out there. I know this was this a heavy episode. I'm sorry, guys. It was, man. It was. <laughs> oh, but a lot going on, and you know we don't shy away from the tough topics. That's I pride ourselves on that. True that, sir. Maybe next week we can get some more sports talk or something. Padres look like they're doing all right. Yeah, they're doing okay. Not terrible. They're just above. Not bad. Just above 500. We're still figuring out who we are. A lot of baseball left to play. It's a long summer. Yeah. It'll be all right. It is looking like Shohei is probably going to go to the Dodgers from everything I'm hearing. They're going to use the Padres to drive the price up, but it sounds like Dodgers is his preferred destination from what ESPN Good. is reporting. Good. Good? Drive it up. Give him six, give him 600 million. We'll still beat him. <laughs> Dude, listen. You, I mean, Dodgers, do you want him though? Of course. Of course. Yes, of course. But here's the thing. And this is true for the Padres. The Padres haven't won anything. But the Dodgers, all they have is 2020. That's all they have. And they've made all these moves and they've not done anything. True. So true. And maybe I'm just being salty and it's probably true, but 2020s, <laughs> that's Mickey Mouse, man. Show me a full season, win it all. Go Lakers. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you would like to find us on social medias, you can do so by uh, looking us up on Twitter at FriendshipNH, uh, Instagram and TikTok, same handle, FriendshipNewsHour. And you can send us an email, bubberdo.media at gmail.com, bubberdo.media at gmail.com. Uh, we'll see you next time. Peace to the Middle East.